Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. This is everything you need for tips, tricks, and things to just be generally awesome. I'm your host, Amanda. And I'm your host, Claire. And this is RDH Bites. Hey, guys. Welcome back to another episode of RDH Bites. This is your host, Amanda Mitchell. And today we have a new guest to the podcast, Dr. Heba Hussein. Welcome to RDH Bites. Oh, hi, Amanda. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I just want to tell our audience a little bit about you. Dr. Hussein actually is from Cairo, Egypt, and she was a lecturer and faculty of dentistry at Cairo University. She was on tenure track and then moved to the United States in July of 2019. So Chicago, I love Chicago. I'm from the Midwest, so I have a soft spot for Chicago in my heart. (laughs) Yeah, except for the winter. Yeah. The winter. Yeah. Yeah. No, thanks. (laughs) She does speak three languages. Is that correct, Emma? Yeah. Three languages. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. Four if you count dentistry. And (laughs) she's been a tutor for different dental and dental hygiene board exams. So her PhD is in oral medicine and her thesis was about oral cancer. So I'm really excited to talk to you today. What topic are we going to go over? Oh, thank you for having me, Amanda. And today we're going to talk about a very common topic, which is oral herpes infection. Basically, we're going to talk about oral herpes subjects. Okay, so oral herpes, we know in the dental world, this is so, so super common. So tell me a little bit about why this is important. Why do we need to know about oral herpes? Okay, so today we're going to talk or focus on oral herpes simplex type 1 because basically we have two types of oral herpes simplex infection. Type 1, which causes infection above the waist, and this is what's important for us. It's important because oral herpes simplex virus is very common, both in dental practice and on the exam, all types of dental exams, actually. About 50 to 80% of you as adults have ordered herpes infection, according to the Johns Hopkins University. Second, we're talking about this today, as you mentioned, because my specialty is oral medicine, so I have seen so many patients with oral herpes. And third, I have a personal story which motivated me to talk about oral herpes. Awesome. So I want to hear the story. Now I need to know. <laughs> yeah, like... To make the long story short, my brother had recurrent herpes libiaris, like from a dentist, because the dentist first examined his teeth without gloves, like just pulling the lid away. Oh, let me see your teeth before, like, I start the procedure and put on my gloves. So my brother got herpes because obviously the dentist had herpes infection on his fingers, which is herpetic whitlow, so, or maybe saliva from his primary, uh, secondary story, recurrent herpes repairist. So this motivated me to talk about the topic. It seems some dental professionals not aware about mode of transmission of herpes infection, herpes simplex virus one. And for simplicity, let's call it HSV one. So we're going to use the yeah, HSV. Yeah. Right. The students will see that a lot in their classes, on their board exams. So I'm glad you brought up HSV1. I'm so sorry to hear about your brother, but, you know, I'm glad it really motivated you to share information and share what you know. Do you mind me asking when this was? I think it was four years ago. Only four years ago. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, in the U.S., y'all, 
dentists weren't wearing gloves up until during the 1980s. So this was a very common thing to happen with herpetic whitlow uh, for providers to get on their fingers. Okay, so let's back up a little bit and talk about what is the definition here? What is the definition of HSV-1? What I have virus 1 is a common infection caused by HSV-1. As we mentioned, there is HSV-1 causing infection above the waist, and this is what we care about. When the virus is inactive, it, the virus remains dormant or it sleeps in a group of nerve cells called ganglion. So this is basically the definition. It's, it's oral infection by HSV-1, and it causes physical. This is the characteristic thing. It's from the category of viruses causing physical. Okay, so HSV-1 basically is a virus that causes an oral infection, and that's why it's so important to us. Also, the fact that it lays dormant, we don't know when it's going to reactivate. So what causes herpes simplex virus type 1, HSV-1? Okay, it's an excellent question. So talking about the clinical picture, we have of HSV-1, we have three different types. The first type is primary herpetic gingivostomatitis. And let's break down the word. Primary means this is the first time of infection. Herpetic means it's herpes infection, which is vesicle. Gingivo means the gingiva for sure will be affected. Stomatitis, stoma means mouth. So you're going to find vesicle all over the mouth. Primary herpetic gingivostomatitis just happens, just happen in children around four years. It can happen to children 10 years or 12, but the peak is four years. And it's very common in secure question. And I tell my students a tip that primary herpetic gingivostomatitis form it of four parts, so it affects mainly four years old. It happens as one to three days of viral boom or fever, malaise, loss of appetite, my algae, which is seen in the muscle, and then the virus stays dormant. So back to your question, what reactivates the virus? The virus may be reactivated by stress, trauma, common cold, fever, uh, UV light. Uh, so again, there is a common insecure question, which of the following infection are more common in winter? And among the choices is common cold. It's herpes simplex. They call it herpes severis because it's associated with common cold. Okay, so primary herpetic gingivostomatitis, we see this a lot, like you said, in kiddos around four years old. And this is why you should never let someone kiss your baby on the face, y'all. We do not want to pass oral herpes from an adult to a child. They are in so much pain, those poor babies. If you've ever seen a patient with this or pictures of this, it's definitely not something we want a four-year-old to experience. It's very common. Thank you for bringing this up. Maybe you heard on the media that even it's fatal. It's fatal if it's newborn and got the herpes infection because it mainly didn't develop his immunity yet. So, And thank you for bringing this up. And we need to stress that so the herpes virus is spread by saliva. It can spread to the patient itself. So we're going to educate the parents to like not let the patient as much as they can. 
such as their eyes, such as their nose, because it can cause conjunctival ulcers. And at the same time, as you said, to provide, like, to avoid kissing um, the children if they got it, yes. I agree. So the third type, talking about the causes, the third type is recurrent intraoral herpes, mainly in immunocompromised. And also sometimes we see it after scaling. So we need to be aware that it may have been one to two days after scaling and root planning. These are the three types and this is the cause of each one. The least common one is recurrent intraoral herpes. This is the least common. And there is a rule. If there is something common in real life, it will be common on the exam. So the most two commons in the exam, primary herpetic and recurrent herpes CBL. Okay, and students, this is why even after school, we urge you not to treat patients with active herpes lesions because, like Hava said, if we touch a herpes lesion, a vesicle that's active, and then touch something else on the patient's face, like their nose or their eyes, we are spreading that infection from one area of their face to another. So definitely important to understand the different types of oral herpes lesions. Okay, so how does this impact us? What's the pathologic impact this is going to have on dental professionals? This is a very important question. And we need to ask ourselves, like, the common question, what, why, when, where, and how? Like, why we treat it? Do we really need to treat it? What to treat it? When to treat it? How? What to give? What not to give? Let's follow this scheme to be organized. So first question, why to treat it? As you said, like, we need to decrease the duration of infectivity to reduce the transmission because herpes simplex virus 1 is self-limiting. But some people argue that in, like, treatment will decrease infectivity. And the second thing is, like, why we need to treat it is because it may be associated or why we need, like, to know about it. It may be associated with another lesion, which is erythema multiform. So we need to be aware of this. If we suspecting erythema multiform, we need to ask about history of common cold and we can't have this yet. Second question is how to treat it. We use antiviral drug prescription drug, which is acyclovir, and it has two forms, mainly. And I believe these two forms make sense because we have ointments, which we apply if we have recurrent herpes And by the way, recurrent herpes is known by the lay people as cold source. So we're going to apply acyclovir, and we have a cyclovir tablet in case of primary herpetic gingivismatitis. The next question, when to treat? We're going to treat in the first sign of the appearance of that symptoms. For the primary herpetic, the prodrome format of fever, malaise, like any viral infection. So this is the best time to treat. For the common herpes CBRs, we're going to treat during just burning or erythema. This really, really, really is the best time to treat the patient. There is also over-the-counter other treatment. It's not acyclovir, but it's antiviral. It's very effective. So if you can't afford to go into the doctor, there's available over-the-counter and they like have FDA-approved users. Okay, what not to treat? 
it's important to emphasize that. So if we go back to primary herpetic gingivitis stomatitis, the child will have fever. We cannot give aspirin to children below 12 years old because this may cause rise syndrome. And I have tips for this. I don't think it's my own mnemonic. <laughs> Ray in Spanish means king. So rise syndrome similar to Ray, so rich visualized we have like a king wearing crown and eating liver. So it will cause liver problem and brain problem. Uh, so this is basically how it affects us. It affects us uh, because we need to educate the patient, as you said. And we need to educate the patient. It may prevent it by using sunblock on the lips. It can prevent the recurrent herpes by using sunblock. We can educate the patient about what, like, primary hepatitis stomatitis is like viral infection. So we need bed rest, uh, good nutrition, a balanced diet, and all of the basic stuff of viral infection. So, oh, we have a very important role related to HSV1. Definitely. And as preventative specialists, especially in the dental hygiene world, it's our job to prevent the recurrence of these lesions and you know, really promote sunscreen. That's a big thing where I live in Texas. A lot of people don't wear sunscreen and you see a lot of cold sores or fever blisters. Really, they're herpes lesions, but we don't call them that just to, you know, be more cognizant of what the patient is experiencing. So you said acyclovir, that can be either topical or an oral drug. Is that correct? Exactly. According to like something outside the mouth, basically, so we're going to add the ointment, but if it's something inside, we uh, prescribe a cyclovir 15 milligram per kilogram for five days. Gotcha. Okay, so this is, you know, a really common virus, y'all, as we've been talking about. And sometimes over-the-counter medications don't cut it, especially if it's inside the mouth with kiddos having a fever and malaise, things like that. Exactly. Yeah. So any other tips you want to share about acyclovir? Yes. Actually, this tip is basically about the studying of oral pathology in general and oral medicine is I don't want a student to be panicked by too many names of the pharma, too many names of the diseases, because I feel the names of the drugs make sense. Like, let's break down acyclovir. A in Latin means no or without, or lacking, actually like aplastic anemia. Cyclo means cycle, ver means virus. So acyclovir, it somehow interferes with replication of the cycle of the virus. Without going into details of the enzymes, it, but it interferes with the cycle of the virus. So this is one thing I need to share with the students. Most drugs name make sense. Right, and you break it down into those base words. Yeah, so A, cyclo, beer. So no cycle of the virus. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, that's a great tip. That's a great wake-up memory tip for our students when they're studying for boards. A, cyclo, beer, no cycle for the virus. So I think we have a multiple choice question here. Before we move on to those, is there anything else you wanted to share with us on this topic? No, we are ready for the MCQ. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Let's do some national board questions. So I'll read the question, 
and then I'll read the answer choices. We'll give the students about 10 seconds to think about it, and then you can go ahead with our answer. So number one, what is the most common age to develop primary herpetic gingivostomatitis, also known as PHGS? A, 2, B, 4, C, 6, and D, 8. What is the most common age to develop primary herpetic gingivostomatitis? 2, 4, 6, or 8. And Heba, what is our answer? I hope students record this. It's 4. And our tip is primary herpetic gingivostomatitis form it of 4 parts. So it's 4. All right, so four parts, primary, herpetic, gingivostomatitis, four, most common age. Good. Yes. And we have one more question I'd love to go over. Number two, which of the following drugs is contraindicated to be used as an antipyretic in PHGS in children? A, paracetamol, B, acetaminophen, C, aspirin, or D, prednisone. Which of the following drugs is contraindicated to use as an antipyretic in PHGS in children? And Heba, what do we have for this one? What's our answer? Aspirin. Aspirin, yes, because remember, Ray's syndrome, Ray is a king in Spanish. When the king wears the crown and eats liver, Ray's syndrome can cause brain and liver damage. Is that exactly. right? Yes, good student. <laughs> if you awesome. <laughs> you are a good student. Very yeah. good. Thank you. Well, you are a great teacher and have a, I can't say thank you enough. It's been so great having you on the podcast today. I think the students are really going to benefit from hearing about your expertise and about herpes simplex one. So thank you. Amanda, it was great with you. It was my honor to meet you today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And y'all, we will see you next week for another new episode of RDH Bite. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, everybody. This is your co-host, Amanda, with a quick announcement. Have you looked at our VIP package yet? This has everything you need to help pass your national board exam. Whether you live in the United States, Canada, or really anywhere, our VIP package has something for everybody. We have recorded lectures, live lectures, curated and calibrated content made just for you to help you pass. Visit us today at studentrdh.com to sign up and for more information. See you next time.